What's up, everybody? Welcome to Talk It Out Podcast. This is your girl, Gabby. KT. And we have a very lovely guest, V, Miss VJ. Why don't you introduce yourself, tell everybody where you're from, where they can find you. Hello, everyone. It's so nice to be back with you ladies again. It's always a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it's VJ. I am one third of Chopped It Up With Q podcast, which so sorry. We're on a, uh, we're taking a Thanksgiving break, y'all. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we'll be back after Thanksgiving. Um, but um, you can catch me on Twitter. It is uh, at VJ underscore Burton. It is the same on IG and on Snapchat. It is Meek B. M I Q U B B. Please put it in your penises. That would be fantastic. I cannot say that enough. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> cannot stress that enough to you all. Um, but yeah, that is it. That is where you can find me. And then, of course, on the podcast, uh, which we now have our own Twitter, and that is at Chopping It Up WQ. So, <laughs> yes, clap it up, clap it up. Yay. Thank you, VJ. It's always a lovely time whenever you come on. We always have a good time. Yeah. Okay, so um, all about us. You can find us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com, slash talk it out, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can listen to us also on tiopodcast.com slash episodes. You can hit us up on our social media, facebook.com slash talk it out podcast, instagram.com slash talk it out podcast, and our Twitter at talk it out underscore pod. Use the hashtag talk it out pod for a retweet, and we will comment because we like having discussions and debates on Twitter. So, yes, yes, they do. We do. <laughs> well, as always, every week there's a, a, a 30. A fight. No, <laughs> it's a fight or like exactly. a, a three a day long, <laughs> a three day long debate about something. You know, uh, that's that's how we do it. Um, yeah, this is going to be a part two to the episode we did with Flaw and Danny two weeks ago, which was entitled "Are Men Trash Because of Their Mothers?" And we talked a little bit about the um, hypersexualization of black boys and when they began to um, objectify women. So this episode is going to be more um, from the the woman's perspective because a lot of people were saying even though we've done countless of episodes pertaining to that, that we didn't do an episode on this. So we're going to talk about <laughs> the hypersexualization of of women. And when did we first realize that we started, that people were objectifying us? Like, when did you first, like, when did it first click in your head? Like, hold on, these people see me as a, a sexual object. And then we're going to talk about um, do nice guys finish last and how that, you know, um, perpetrates rape culture and stuff like that from our perspective so um let's get right into it so let me ask you this do you think do y'all think that girl black girls are or girls in general are hyper sexualized in this society to answer your question absolutely uh, <laughs> uh yeah i think uh women are, are definitely hyper sexualized but i will say specifically black women mm-hmm. um a lot of times are hyper sexualized and i think a, a very good um a very good example of that, and not even we're talking about girls, but just women in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a very good um, example of that is I cannot think of what her name is, but the girl, the le- the woman that um, is the traffic reporter, I think, at the Dallas um, news station, and she um, there was a picture of her in a, a very cute dress. She was very oh cute. yeah 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 she was very cutely dressed. I can't think of what her name is, mm-hmm. Denisha or something to that effect. And then they put a side by side of essentially what looked to be the same dress on like Tommy Warren mm-hmm. and it looked very different. And yeah. so I think that that plays into a lot of that. I think women have curves or hips and then things look very different on them. So then this woman looked at her and immediately was like, oh, well, she's over sexualized and she's on the news and I'm not going to watch that when literally the same dress does not look the same on someone else. Right. And it's fine. But because she was a black woman and had curves, it was immediately, oh, well, this is too sexy for her to wear <laughs> on television. Yeah. I'm not going to watch the news because I don't like <laughs> Somebody was jealous. Upset. Oh, she was so pressed. Uh, yeah, so uh, I can agree to what VJ is saying. Definitely, I agree that even like like black women or black girls specifically are hypersexualized, I think even younger. Uh, like black 
girls are deemed quote unquote fast uh, because of promiscuity and things like that. And then also their quote unquote attitudes are, you know, frequent topics of conversation and things like that, that white people continue to have. Um, also, I feel as if like, you know, um, black children, they can't dress a certain way or at that point they're kind of like, uh, objectified and made to seem as if they're an adult. And what I mean by that is kind of like, um, like, I don't know, have you guys ever seen those pictures on like Facebook or Twitter even where they have a picture of like a young, like very, very young, probably like three or four, uh, black child, Mm -hmm. a little girl. And then they'll say, Ooh, she looks, she's going to be so fine when she gets older and she's going to look so good when she looks old, when she's older and blah, 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 and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah, I've seen it. And I, yeah, it, that, that's what I'm talking about, like, as in they make black children, like, adults or something like that. And then even, not even, like, with black children, like, you always see these debates about little girls, like, for instance, in bikinis. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're a baby, like, if you have a toddler and you're one or two-year-old and you're like, oh, it's a cute one, two-piece swimsuit and you put it on them, the immediately response is, why do you have a, a little girl in a two-piece that attracts the wrong attention? And it's like, well, what? for one, she's a toddler. So I don't know what attention a toddler would get except from their own parents. Right, right. And for two, if we're talking in terms of accessibility to a child that still needs their diapers changed, two pieces of clothing tend to work a little bit better when you could just take the bottom off instead of a whole entire swimsuit. Right. And of course, they make it into a big deal. Oh, well, I don't want my daughter to wear a bikini. That just, if so, if some perv is looking at your five-year-old, your three-year-old, your two-year-old, it doesn't matter what you put them in. They were Literally. looking regardless. Right. I think and, it's kind of the same debate that they have whenever you see the children with makeup on and things like that. Like, they get so angry. There are people who get so fucking angry because their child, this child, has makeup on. And I just don't understand that. I don't understand that. I don't, understand. I don't even know, like, at what point in, like, what frame point you would even consider, like, that um, having a, a little baby wear a two-piece is, like, attracting somebody. I, I wouldn't even be thinking about that. Like, I, it's just it's just a bathing suit for a baby. That tells me your mind is like, where is your mind at? Why why are you so, um, so hyper protect over protective of these children that they can't even wear a, a little bathing suit at at two? Um, and everyone else thinks that a door thinks it's oh this is it's just so cute and everybody else, and then is a you know and then their immediate thought is oh the predators they're gonna get your baby that, that that's too grown for. <laughs> it's just weird like (laughs) and it's just like well what what experience do you have with being a predator that this is where your mind immediately went like what do you think about at home something else i was thinking about is um you know the way we talk about our our girls I know that um, the the term fast tail girls is, is like a it's more of an African-American term. But um, I, I don't know if I've really heard people address white girls like that, like young white girls. I'm talking about like elementary school, because I hear a lot of times in the school that I work at uh, calling look kindergarten is fast kindergarten fast for for hanging out with um and playing with boys and stuff like that but i don't know if we if they have that same language about um white girls uh no i never got called fast whenever i was like kindergarten uh i think the first time that i was even like thought about in a sexual way was uh as a teenager like Mm. I, i don't remember anything before that date before being a teenager about me being sexualized or things like that at all. Interesting. But I think that just contributes to the way that black girls, like KT shared with me an article that, you know, black girls are seen to be more, uh, less innocent than white girls. In that retrospect, more mature. So them simply playing with, with a boy is automatically seen as, oh, she just trying to, to get with the boy and give him a kiss or she just want him to do this and that. It's like, y'all are disgusting. This is a child. Like, what, why, does, why is that the first thing that comes in your head? And I think children think it's very innocent, right? I think mm-hmm. for most of them, it is just, oh, I just, you know, I see my family members kiss each other or friends that love each other yeah. kiss them on the cheek. Or I don't think they think of it as like, oh, we about to go 
do it. Like they're, right. they're little kids. But I think you also, but I agree with you. I think that's something that you do hear a lot. Oh, these kids are fast or they do this or they do that. And I don't, and it's, I feel like people are projecting these sexual thoughts onto small children. And what I've always thought was interesting is that that's a term you really only hear applied to like little black girls, but then Mm. you will see pictures or photo shoots where little white girls are like getting married to their best friends mm-hmm. or they drink, yep. you know, and, and, but nobody's calling, you know, these kids are kissing each other on the cheek and you have pictures of it, but nobody's like, Oh, she's fast. Uh-huh. Right. That little girl is fast. Like that, that's not never a term that's applied to them. And I think they're allowed a lot more leeway in that respect. And I think I've read a similar article, like the one you're saying, KT sent you about black girls being, I guess we can say held to a different standard mm-hmm. because a lot of times, they can get in trouble for things that their white counterparts have done or done similarly. And the punishment is a lot harsher for them. And a lot of times it's more often ending in expulsions Mm -hmm. or suspensions, whereas their white counterparts aren't looked at as it's looked at as, Oh, they're just being mischievous. And then they don't receive the same punishment. Going back to the, the, the fast tale. I think it's interesting because we talked with, with Flanium and they said at a young age, or we know at a young age, boys are encouraged to uh, get girlfriends and stuff like that. They're encouraged, you know, to um, be the, the heartbreaker and stuff like that. But girls, as soon as, if they're even hanging out with the boy, it's automatically fast. So, so what, what does that mean? Like, why, why, why do y'all think it's like that? Why do you think we demonize girls just for, you know, being friendly with the opposite sex, but a boy is supposed to uh, have like 20,000 girlfriends at two? Women are perceived to be sexual gatekeepers, meaning that for us, or I guess in terms of the way society currently exists, Not so much now, but virginity is considered something to be prized, correct? I guess we could say, I mean, not necessarily now, but to some extent. So women are encouraged to keep their virginity for as long as they can, as long as it is humanly possible, Mm -hmm. because it it, because it has these it it evokes these feelings of, you know, this person being pure, this person being whole and you don't want to be damaged goods. Mm -hmm. But in doing that, we teach girls that they have to protect that at all costs. Mm -hmm. So then if you are hanging out with boys or considered to be doing fast things and you're putting your virginity and your purity at risk because you are the person that is saying yes or no, sexually, you are the gatekeeper of that sexuality. Uh So we're socializing girls to keep their legs closed at all costs and don't be fast. And if you're around boys, that's a bad thing. But then we're teaching boys to go after every girl within a 50 mile radius and give it the, the full court press. And so there's a contradiction there. You teach girls that sex is taboo, that they shouldn't do it, not to do it, that it's not natural. But then you send every boy, <laughs> every boy in a 50 mile radius coming right at them, trying right. to convince them otherwise. And it's like, OK, yeah. what do you do? Treat you that teach you that men are the boogeyman. And so you <laughs> have to protect yourself. So you have to stay away from it. But they teach the man to be the boogeyman. Like, that's so yeah. counterproductive. It makes zero sense. Like, that's Finch. why I'm saying <laughs> they just need to raise these kids the same. Because it's literally like you're teaching one the, your boy one thing. And you're teaching your girl the other thing. So you're teaching your boy how to be terrible to the to the woman that you want your girl to be. Like, you're you're literally teaching two different things in your household. Like, two different contradicting things. Absolutely. And I can actually attest to this. I don't have siblings, but my cousins and I were raised together very mm-hmm. close to my first cousins. And um, I have a two, I was like, I have my aunt has a son. He's the older one. He is 29. And then his sister's a year younger. She's 28. Mm-hmm. And when it came to us doing things together and what was allowed or didn't or wasn't allowed because it's essentially my aunt and mom raised us kind of together. He was allowed a lot more leeway than we ever were. And I can remember complaining about the things that he was able to do where I wasn't allowed to because I think our overlap as far as being in school together is pretty minimal because I skipped a grade. Mm. So I think him and I went to high school together for a year. I was a senior and he was a freshman. He was allowed to go out. He was allowed to go on, like, meet girls at the movies, whatever, whatever, whatever. He was allowed to do whatever he wanted to at, say, maybe 13 or, like, maybe 14, I would say. Mm. He was able to do those things. But I can remember very clearly that I couldn't date till I was 16 years old. But I was 
damn near a senior in high school at that point. And my mom was like, no exceptions, no. Because, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I skipped a grade. I was younger by it, but there was no exceptions to the rule. There was no nothing. So, basically, I didn't go on a date till I was damn near about to go to college. Wow. And it was like, I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. We couldn't do anything. I couldn't be, like, if I was going to the movies mm-hmm. to meet, like, meet friends, I had to take one of them. Like, I remember that distinctly. They were younger than me, and basically, she they, I, they were sent to cock block. Like, I was not allowed to go <laughs> by myself. Oh, my goodness. Great. But with him, he could go do whatever he wanted to do. And as long as he made it home before the sun came up, nobody cared. And that's why I think when the conversation was being had on Twitter, it was really um, remarkable to me how people were like, no, no, you need to raise your kids differently. And that's why I specified. I think you can raise your kids relatively the same up until a certain point. Mm -hmm. And when they're very young, they don't know the difference because we try to tell people all the time that gender is a social construct. So the ways in which you gender your kids and the ways that you make them play with certain things or feel a certain way about things, that's you projecting onto them. They don't know that until you teach them. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So this idea of fast-tailed girls or did she, she, a little girl, perfect example, went to church, little girl, had on a dress because, you know, they love to put little girls in dresses Mm -hmm. and God forbid, Mm -mm. you know, so then. (laughs) She is a toddler. She raises the dress up. And her mom was like, put your dress down. You can't do it that acting fast. And I'm like, but what? Acting fast. She's like, the little girl couldn't, if she was five, wow. that's me giving her a lot. Like, she couldn't <laughs> have been. If she is five, oh, she's a small five. I don't think she's that old. She had on tights. And so she pulled it up and all you saw was like tights and like a pull up. Right. Being like, fast. Oh. Being fast. That's what so I she do. She pulled her dress up in church. But she doesn't up. know any better. It's just clothing. They don't know. Literally. My thing is, why? See, now that's telling me, like, if you already projecting that onto your, like, three year old child, I can't imagine how you're going to be when that girl is uh, starts hitting puberty and starts developing and stuff like that. I can't imagine what you're going to have to go through. Three years old. How is she, she don't even know what fast is. She don't even know what attraction is. She has on a pull up. <laughs> what are you talking about, people? Y'all need help. They need help. It's so much. Like they just they want they want children to view the world the way that they do. And it's and when you do things like that, I feel like it pushes your children to view those things way faster than they would on their own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll I say that children, you know, children are smart and they do pick up on things. Yeah. But when you treat things that shouldn't be unnatural or things that you know are shouldn't be that big of a deal you treat them like a big deal your kids see the way you react mm-hmm. so you call them fast or you say don't do this and that's oh don't get, get away from those boys or whatever then it fosters this this environment where these things now you do have to have these conversations with their kids because you push this on them mm-hmm. that's right what you guys say <gasps> It's just a wreck. Uh, I, I got a question, Jay. How did you feel about the the whole nice guys finish last? I know, like, well, he was trying to be kind of. It, it wasn't shady. It was just kind of like he was being a uh, real uh, specific in his word choice, so that it didn't seem like uh, he was saying anything wrong. And then it was like little pieces that I was trying to like get out of there as to what he was saying. And then I heard that. Nice guys finish last or, uh, well, we, we do this and we do this and, and, you know, uh, what, what, what was his specific wording? I wish I could remember. Anyway, it was, it wasn't nice guys finish last. No, yeah, he was like, he was pretty much saying, so for the people that haven't haven't heard the episode, he was pretty much saying like, he's brought girls to his house and done nothing. And he said, you know, he's brought friends to his house, but then they go, go with another guy that same night and then he'd tell his his boys and his boys would be like what what and he'd get like shamed for it so he was saying because he was nice and didn't push it on the woman or initiate it then he finishes last yep that's what he said that was his word and so how do you feel about that vj there's two parts of that that goes back to what i was saying about women being sexual gatekeepers we are shamed into never being the ones that initiate sex because think about it oh well well, y'all don't actually that's not gonna be your area you know, no let me <laughs> i mean kt like, well, not gabby's not gabby's <laughs> right like, I don't th- but I, the easiest way to i guess explain that is if you have dealt with men mm-hmm. women a lot of times or what you'll hear from men their complaint is that their partner a lot of times doesn't initiate sex they always have to be the one to 
push the issue with sex, to start the sex. Mm. The woman is never the initiator. And a lot of that has to do with that idea of sexual gatekeeping. Like women have to be the ones to just sit there and kind of play that cat and mouse. Like we're supposed to not want it. We're supposed to act like we don't want it. And mm-hmm. the guy is supposed to be the one to initiate it and kind of press and be like, okay, well, all right. Okay. I do want it. And that Ew. feeds into rape culture too. Yeah. I know it sounds horrible, but I mean, but if you ask men, a lot of them growing up, they, I mean, they'll tell you these stories about how, you know, a girl might've been like, well, I don't know if we should. And they're like, oh, come on. Nobody's, co-. and it's yeah. that type of back and forth type, I, I, even bartering, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But it, I mean, and they don't, and it, and that is harassment by today's standards. But when we were growing up, that, that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And so I think what he was saying, the the experience that he is having is not uncommon. And I think now listening to it, it probably does sound icky, but I think we're, you know, we're older. We realize that (laughs) that's not the best way to do things, but he's right. I I imagine that he, you know, has had women or, you know, been nice to women and nothing happened. And his friends are like, oh, you, you, nothing happened. You didn't even try nothing because in their minds, they're taught that if you don't initiate it, it's not going to happen. So him not trying anything is like, oh, you're whack. Mm, mm, you didn't even try mm. with her. Oh, you need to. What's the matter? You don't like. You just didn't say, oh, what's the matter? You don't like girls. You didn't even try. Right, right, right. And, it's like, and that's what they get. And they do get shamed for it. So, I mean, I, I, I understand completely what he's saying. I have enough guy friends to, to kind of peep that dynamic. And yeah, definitely. Especially when they're at that age where there's this big press on them to lose their virginity or to have as much sex as they can. Right. So I I understood that part, like in in that space at that age he was at, he would considering he would consider that finishing last. But in the right. grand scheme, I was hoping that eventually he'd say, well, now, uh, you know, that's really not finishing last because women can do this. Women can do that. It just to me, it just I don't know. Like I said in the thing, if that's the case, then why didn't I don't know. If, if if that's the case, why didn't he just say what he wanted? Because then it would just it would if he knows that women are conditioned to not initiate, then if all you wanted was that, why didn't you just come out and say that instead of just waiting? And I don't know, I didn't understand why he did that. I guess he wanted to be seen as a nice guy, but I mean, if you if I think you can be seen as a nice guy and and still be honest about right. what it is that you're wanting. But I think what happens a lot of times is that men feel like if they're honest in the fact that, hey, like I am just trying to get in your pants that most women are going to be like, no, I'm good on that. But thank you. You and have that's a good okay. Day. Yeah. And it is OK. But when you really, really want to stick your dick in something and you have your heart settled, stick your dick in that. What do they do? They lie. They embellish. They tell some half truths. They do some lies by omission. But here's the thing, yeah, because when I'm thinking about <laughs> nice guys, to me, the nice guy would be the guy that just said the truth, right? Or I'm confused. Is the nice guy the guy who told the truth, or is the nice guy the guy who finessed his way to where he is? Well, that's the thing. That it, it's this whole condition thing that it's okay to. I guess it's a means to an end. And that sounds so horrible and it sounds so deceptive, but think of how many women can tell you a story of a a situation where they thought a guy really liked them. And then once he got essentially what he was there for, they didn't hear from them or Mm -hmm. conversation slowed down or they were blocked or Mm -hmm. whatever it was. And that and, and that feels a lot more shitty. than. Some guy just being up front and y'all having sex and then you're not expecting anything. Right. But they feel like the, the chances are significantly less if they just say that that's what they're there for. And typically, I would agree with them. And that goes back to the conditioning, though, because women are conditioned to not just want to do those types of things. Not just want to, Even though they know. probably really want exactly. to. Exactly. So it's yep. just like everybody's yep, yep, just yep. screwed from this situation. Right. Like, and it, it takes a lot of unlearning on both sides, because like you were saying, like our men are shitty because of their mothers in a lot of ways. Yes, because you're because like I was like I told y'all on Twitter, especially in black families, black families raise their daughters and they love their son. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that they do not love their daughters, but they raise them. You are yep. taught right 
wrong. You have a set of rules. You're not going to be out here embarrassing folks because they don't <laughs> want you to come up with a baby. Right. They, they boys can do whatever they want to because all they can do is bring home BD and you can go to the clinic for that. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, it sounds terrible, but it's the truth. And mm-hmm. most older black people will tell you that. What is it? Mama's baby, daddy's baby. You can't, your son can't get pregnant. Yeah. So they let them go do whatever. That's a <laughs> hot mess. <laughs> it is. It's terrible. I mean, and it, it's unfortunate, but I mean, it's, it's not uncommon. And so I think the question is, how do we unlearn those behaviors? And I think y'all had a very good point in us, can, you know, raising our children without these gender specific specificities to where they feel like they have to be these ways. Like you teach your children to be <laughs> nice people. And that if you want to have sex with someone, that should be a conversation that you have with them. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't have to lie to a person to have sex. If you want to have sex as a girl, you should do it and be safe and protected, but not feel ashamed to right. talk to me about it. Right. But those are not right. the conversations that they're having with either side. So then they're just like bumping heads. And it then just, you it just, Ooh, I don't, yeah, I don't think nice guys finish last. I think we live in a society that heralds men sleeping with a lot of women. In order to do that, sometimes they have to be sleazy. So <laughs> if you're not sleep, listen, listen. So if you aren't the sleazy type, a lot of times you come off as awkward or whatever. And so I think what people do is it's not that nice guys always finish last. It's that people equate nice guys to be nerdy, socially inept guys. Mm-hmm. Like the view, because when you say nice, people immediately think of some guy with no game, uh-huh. who is maybe shy or In whatever. a fedora. <laughs> <laughs> Neckbeard. <laughs> Neckbeard, yeah. There's some weird guy, right. And instead of a thinking minute. of it just, yeah. <laughs> instead of him just being like a guy that, you know, is polite and is gonna, you know, pay for your, your movie ticket and not, <laughs> and not try to put his hand down your pants during four. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying there's levels to that. And I think people associate nice with being socially inept and not having game. And I don't think that the two are necessarily the same. The same. Yeah. Agreed. Right. I agree with that. Go ahead. George. I mean, KT, you ain't been talking. What you got to say? Um, Okay, so I have another question because no, I want uh, you to add a comment. What? what no, you say okay, to us, I, this is the comment. Will you stop telling me what to do and let me live my life? Uh, anyway. No, Ooh. madam, because Ooh. I'm over the questions <laughs> every episode. That is my Ooh. job. Let me live Ooh. my life, madam CJ Walker. Like to talk it out. Oh, <laughs> 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 it's like Gabby don't give me a chance. If I'm sitting here and minding my own business, I gotta be doing something else. If I'm doing something else, no, I I'm saying you're you're being silent. Something. I want to give you a voice. I didn't want us to take over the conversation, madam. But it's I know I'm me. talking talk up. Like, I'm, my bad. I'm just talking up. Go ahead, girl. girl. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Gabby just trying to be extra. Anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> all I was gonna say was that I felt as if because I re-listened to the episode and I felt mm. as if whenever we brought that up, that you know we should not be. Uh, teaching gender stereotypes to men and women. Uh, whenever Flaw was talking about uh, him with the, oh, I'm going to be playing baseball or I'm going to be playing football with my son and, and my daughter, she's the most precious thing. And, and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I felt like he got angry when we said, don't do that. Because it, and I don't know if it was like his tone or the way he reacted to it, but it was almost as if like, that was something he had never heard before in his entire life. And um, that gender stereotypes are something that, like, he's always had to deal with. And, that's probably true. and like, that's not just him specifically. Like, that's not towards him or anything like that. It's, it, it's I feel like it's a, um, like, a heterosexual, cisgendered male thing. Like, they've never had to experience any type of gender identity other than the one that they have. And so then they get, like, super-duper angry whenever you mention anything other than that. Well, I think to be uh, to, to, to have to be defined as othered in, in a world that caters to people that are cisgendered a lot of times makes you a target. Um, so I would think that for most cisgendered or heterosexual men um that is generally the case like they have been ingrained with these things where if 
you don't like you have a son right and you want to pass down all these things and you want your kids to do the things that you did growing up mm-hmm. and we and we never once stop to think that our children may not want to do those things but i will also say this about people when you bring up their children to them <laughs> they get very touchy because people do not like to be told how they should and shouldn't raise their children mm-hmm. because a lot of times when you say don't do that it feels like you're saying whatever you're doing to your children is ruining them or hurting them and you need to quit but my thing is, is that what it, what if what you're doing to your child is something that is hurting them in the long run and you bring that up, like, shouldn't, shouldn't that be something that, that parents take into consideration? Like, are we just so closed minded to other options or other thoughts from other people that we just write everything off besides what we know? Like, like I've never heard someone get so, get upset Whenever you tell them that, hey, gender stereotypes are not good. I hear a lot of people tell you things like, well, this worked for me growing up. So there's no, and I survived. So there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. yeah and to me, that's not right. Because like, I, I, I remember one time, like this was like two years ago, I posted something on Facebook that was along the lines of like, you know, uh, just because you were whooped or just because you were spanked uh, doesn't mean that that's absolutely the correct way to do it. And the correct way that, you know, you should be raising your children because uh, there are studies that show, you know, children who are whooped or, or have less or more mental health issues and such and such and such. And so many people like commented on it and were like angry with me and were like, like, well, I was just fine growing up. I was just fine. And and this woman, she commented and she was like, I was just fine. And and I was great uh, uh, growing up and I survived and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, oh, OK, well, do you have a healthy relationship with your parents at this time? And uh, she was like, well, no. I was like, okay, well, then that is what this article is saying is that, you know, it contributes to the relationship and things that you have with people. And like even people who you provide those articles or that that specific research to and those specific things to, I don't feel like that they're accepting of the information you're providing them. Well, that's a whole well, other thing because a lot yeah, of people, that's a whole other because, story. Because a lot like, of times, a lot of folks is just because by saying that people then have to go back in their life, then they have to say, if you're saying, well, you were abused and people have to call their, their parents abusers. And a lot of folks, you know, they're not comfortable doing with doing that or they don't feel that they were abused in that way. So it's kind of just a lot of mental stuff they got to go through before they can fully accept something like that. Because it's just it's, like it's, it's such a part time. of their their child rearing. It's such a part of how they were grown up. You know, they they come to view it as normal and not such a big deal because they're surrounded by it and they might do Which it. Which is themselves. our whole conversation about yeah, rape culture and sexualization of children. It yeah, but it's been done for so long <laughs> that for people to have to go back in their childhood and be like, yeah, that uncle was kind of touchy and it was weird. Yeah. Or it's some weird shit. I don't know. It's some people in my family that was looking at me kind of odd. Yeah. And it's not cool. So then it brings like a whole, I mean, there are lots of cases where families have hidden, you know, like they'll be like, don't leave the kids alone with such and such mm-hmm. because they know they act, they, because they know they are possible predators or that Ew. they have been predatory in the past. But rather yeah. than turn in your family or make it known publicly that you have a predator in your family, they protect those people. Yep, yep, yep. That is so, so I mean. So, I mean, that's a lot of it. for people to have to go back, unpack the situations and the things that have happened in their lives and realize like, hey, that was traumatic is a, is a big step. And a lot of people are not going to be willing to take that. Nope. Especially not on hmm. Facebook. So. Yeah, that's the last place you're going to stay. Yeah, that's the last place you're going to get that from. We kind of went off on the nice guys, but I kind of wanted to go to the perspective of women. And I wanted to ask you guys, have you ever... So, you know, I was talking about, you know, being in the in the room with the woman and not doing nothing and, you know, not uh, forcing, you know, the, pressing the issue of, you know, being with the woman. Have y'all ever been in situations where you felt obligated to um, go on with doing certain things with the guy just because you were there or just because he uh, was, quote unquote, nice to you or because, you know, I don't know. I don't I don't, I don't know how to say it. Have y'all ever felt obligated to do certain things because of. Just being somewhere with the man, just being alone with the guy. Yeah, kind of. I can say yes to that. And uh, this is a story I told on Teal Black. I'm sure a lot of you guys know it. But 
I was talking to this guy at one time, and basically, he was buying me pizza every single time pizza that guy. me and him would hang out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Every single time me and him would hang out, he would buy me pizza. And so then, and like, he was taking me out to movies and stuff like that, and I wasn't providing him anything in return. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that I was obligated to do some fornication with him okay. just because was providing me pizza every time we hung out. So, yeah, I feel like that's a thing. I just think it's very interesting when men feel like if they buy you drinks, then they, then then you owe them something, or they yeah. buy you a meal, then you do owe them something. And I think that we are predisposed to think that there's like this barter system involved with sex, right? Like if somebody's giving you something, then you're supposed to put out in return. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say that I think there are times when you do kind of feel obligated. I don't think I've ever felt obligated from a meal per se. Now, mm-hmm. I have had the other person feel like they were entitled to something. <laughs> but I don't think I've ever felt necessarily entitled to, you know, like I should give it to them based on the reasons that they have set forth. Yeah. Now, I have said like now in a relationship situation, I do feel like that's different. I mean, I'm not going to say what I would normally call it, but <laughs> <laughs> um because this is talking out, but I think that sometimes we're not even, I think if you're dating someone, a lot of times, even though you may not want to do it in that moment, because you're with that person, you feel like they should have access to you in mm. those ways. Okay. So you do it anyway, even if you not, even if it may not be what you want to do, like not to say, you know, you're just like, not to say that you're not sexually attracted to that person, but you're just like, I'm tired or, right, I'm right, right. or I have a headache or whatever, but you feel like if you keep giving that excuse, then it becomes a problem. Mm-hmm. So your best bet is to just kind of be like, okay, well, whatever. It's not, you know, like, it's not like I'm, I, I'm it'll be fine once I get into it. So it's cool. Yeah. So you kind of like give yourself a pep talk and you do it, even though you're immediately, your thought was, I don't really want to bother with this right now. Right. Interesting. But I do feel like a lot of times women feel like when they're in those situations that they, they do have to, I guess, for a lack of a better word, put out. And when, it's, when you go back to it, that just goes back into the con- the contradictions of it. Because even then, there's still this notion that a woman is supposed to hold out. And a woman is supposed to keep herself. But then as soon as, like, some money gets involved, then it's like, well, you know, you should, well, I did this, so, you know, uh and if they don't get it, then it's a problem. Well, yeah, but then if you were out here just openly having sex for money, then you'd be a hoe and they wouldn't want to hang it. They wouldn't want to kick it with you anyway. I'm just confused. (laughs) I'm really confused. Yeah, that sounds great. That's why I'm a hoe. (laughs) I'm just saying, in theory, like in theory, that sounds great. But the minute you are just like, okay, so I'm gonna need you to pay these three hundred dollars on my rent. So if you gonna come over here, I got Wednesday one open. Right? What you mean? (laughs) What you mean you got Wednesday one open? Who else you sleeping with? Look. (laughs) <laughs> you wouldn't give me the money, so I had to supplement my income. And then all of a sudden, now you got to be the town bicycle, and everybody done had a ride, and they mad, and you you did all of these names. And yeah. so it's just a lot. Like, you either keep it to yourself and don't do anything, and then they mad because you did that. And then if you do too much of giving it out, then now you're a hoe. So it just... <laughs> the women can't yeah, win. The, and then they say, why? You get the shit. They do. <laughs> they do. And they're like, why are these women angry? Why y'all mad? Why y'all this? Why y'all that? Because y'all, I, I couldn't imagine. We literally been fighting men off of us our entire lives. I tell people all the time, I am effing tired. Like, it is right? draining. You, you walk somewhere, they holler at you. You in your sweats trying to pump your gas and there's some man in your face. You're Ew. in the grocery store, they're in your face. You're in the convenience store, they're in your face. And not to say that I'm like the most beautiful person in the world because I don't want none of y'all to get on Twitter and say <laughs> that I'm full of myself and I just think that every man wants me because that's not what I'm saying. Yes, I'm it saying, is. Yes. Oh my God. Yes, I'm so gorgeous. No, I'm, just, <laughs> tweet, 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 I'm tweeting it right now. Uh, BJ <laughs> is on our podcast and she just so full of herself. And no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but they just, but that's what it is. I, I think men take for granted that women are bombarded with mm-hmm. with sexual advances and, and and sexual suggestions and men being overly friendly and not knowing them and that combated with the fact that we're taught that all of you are a potential threat because mm-hmm. you're creepy and creepy 
and we're trying to protect ourselves and the mountains of evidence and the fact that if we just tell you no, no, thank you. We're trying to be polite. You still gonna punch us in the face on the train or try to or shoot us or, or whatever. kill somebody. Oh, <laughs> so oh I God. mean, the mountain of evidence to suggest that even that is not okay makes it like we're just tired. Like you're tired of always being on guard. You're tired of always feeling like no matter what you do, you have to protect yourself from somebody. Mm -hmm. And they wonder why we don't want to smile or we don't want to talk to them. And it's not anything against you personally because you could be the nicest person in the world. But it just is a it's a a, a weird state to be in because we've been sexualized our entire lives. I think I can remember going to the public pool maybe at eleven or something. Mm -hmm. This goes back to wearing the bikini. Some grown man is standing in, or what I'm grown, I think he's like a high school kid, but he's standing in line behind me to go on the diving board. And he was like, You're so pretty. You're so cute. I've never seen you before. We should go out sometime. How old are you? And him, like, I'm 11. And he was like, Oh, you're kind of young. And I'm looking at him like, Bro, you're old. And my mom, why is old man talking to me? And he probably was like maybe 15 or 16, but I was like, But still, why is this old man talking to me? And, and that's the thing, like, it, they don't, <laughs> our, our entire existence has been the minute we get a training bra and maybe a little butt, men trying to put, the, trying to put themselves, push themselves on us, yep. or stopping us on the street, or maybe staring at us too long unnecessarily. So, I mean, there's, it, it's a, it's rough. They're, yeah, like, we, <laughs> we spend a lifetime being sexualized by men. It's a big, know. fat a mess. So it's a mess. It is. <laughs> and and so that was that was going to be one of my questions like when at what point what age did you uh first realize you were being objectified? Um and so you had one you had a story at 11. KT, do you have a story? Um or an age? Um I don't have an age. I think um that one of the first times that I was sexualized was I was walking to Walmart, walking into Walmart. And I had on shorts and I believe I was in like, uh, I would say like ninth grade. I don't, yeah, I was probably in ninth grade. And um, this guy was literally just staring me up and down. And he said, hey, ma, hey, ma, hey, ma, like over and over. <laughs> and like I had to walk as fast as I could. It was really scary. Ew. But that was it. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I can remember a story. I was pretty sheltered and I. I dressed like a nerd, so nobody looked at me. But I have a story, which is actually interesting, because I, I talked about, um, when was that, last year, being hit on by this dude at the one of the parents at the school. And uh, y'all know how I dress. I'm, well, you know you don't know. But I'm masculine. I'm a, I'm a stud. So something happened to me just last month. I was at Kroger getting some yogurt i'm short so i had to stand on my tippy toes wait 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 wait, gabby and get wait. The, what i don't think you explained how you dress like well enough like gabby is a stud but like i remember when i first met her i couldn't tell if she was a guy or a girl like she's so androgynous literally you would think she's a you would think she's a guy so uh, this story is important. And so then I look, I look like 12. So I look like a 12-year-old yeah, yeah, boy. So um, I, I was over there getting the, getting the yogurt. I had to stand on my tippy toes to get the yogurt because it was up real high. And then one of these men, I, I lied to you not, this man was like 65. He had on a pink, they do look like, look like a pimp preacher. He had on a pink suit with a pink bow tie, pink, uh, what you call them, settle oxfords. He actually looked fresh. I was like, okay. Um, and then he saw me. He was like, hey, you need help getting some more of those yogurts? I was like, no, I'm fine. Thank you very much. And he was like, uh, so uh, you're married? I was like, what? <laughs> no. Um, you want to talk about it? I was like, dude, I don't even know who you are. I ran across. I ran to the other side of Kroger. I was like, I'm really offended by this. <laughs> First of all, the fact that you would even look my way, looking how I am looking right now, offended. And then second, the first question you asked me is about being married. And then, like, I was going to drop my yogurt on the ground and say, yes, I want to marry you, 65-year-old pimp man. I was just, I, I, was, I was through. And I was like, to the boldness of it, the boldness of it. And I can't even imagine what y'all be going through. Because, me, like I said... 
If I go through that, I can't even imagine the amount of, of comments and looks and folks trying to holler at you every day that y'all have to go through. I, I know it's tiring. I know it's, it makes you not want to go outside. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like People talk about catcalling, and they're like, you know, if the person, and I hear this, and I always think this is very funny, because people will be like, well, if the dude was attractive or somebody that you wanted to talk to, then you wouldn't be offended. And it's like, well, hold your horses there, buddy, because that's not. <laughs> hold on. Just, that's not how it works. Just, just hold on. It's not how that works. And I get to a certain extent their point. We are less annoyed by people that we like. That is generally yeah, the case that's for true. anybody. Yep. However, the way to go about that is not to harass me on the street. I don't care how attractive you are. Right. Like you attractive people are serial killers, too. Yep. So that's not necessarily the case. It's about the spaces in which you choose to like run up on folks and then want them to be cool with it. Exactly. <laughs> these these folks can get no type of home training. And then, like I was saying, we talked about it in one of our episodes. Like I don't even understand their mentality or what they're going, what they're thinking about when they're thinking about catcalling. Like a woman is minding her own business, walking down the street. You think she's gonna stop everything she's doing? She probably has somewhere very important to go. She's gonna stop in her tracks to talk to you, give you her phone number, and then y'all gonna get married in like a year. Like. They really think this this is stuff that happens. Maybe it happens, but I assure you it doesn't happen that often. So they're wasting their own time. They're wasting the woman's time. And they're just being trash, if you ask me. That's definitely not the way to do it, I don't think. Maybe maybe y'all like, maybe KT likes stuff like that. When folks holler at, absolutely. Holler at her. <laughs> when she's walking to, walking to Walmart. In her shorts. No, uh, <laughs> there was an old guy. I remember telling you this guy. No, 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 no. There's this guy. Like, I hate going to uh, this McDonald's up the street to my house. And I hate going through the drive-thru. Because there's this guy that every single time I go through, he always goes, hey, love, how are you doing today? Can I get a smile? And things like that. And even though, like, it's not harmful, it's still really, really creepy. You know, like, why do you say that every time I come through and why do you always like try to get me to give you my number or ask me where I'm going or ask me what I'm doing? Like, first of all, you don't know me. Second of all, you don't know me. And third of all, I'm pretty sure I'm trying to get a coffee at McDonald's. I'm not trying to get no number. So, ugh. Uh-uh. Dudes are just gross. And they start at you so young. I mean, that's the part we we're talking about. It's just like the early sexualization. Like they, it just, it's like they don't care. And I think people, there's always that running joke that like old men, especially are just super creepy with it. And it's just like, for instance, have y'all seen, what is the one? Cause I hate Tyler Perry movies, but I sat, my mom loves them. So I've, I've stuck through like all of them. <laughs> um, the family reunion one. Oh where yeah, yeah, there's yeah, yeah, a family yeah, yeah. union and the old dude tells that the little girl, well, she's not little, but he tells that teenage, teenage girl to reach further down into that cooler so he can look at her ass. And everybody was laughing in the movie theater. I was like, this is terrible. But that's because they all know somebody like that in their family, that they just let escape, but he get real inappropriate with the women in the family. That's why the shit is funny. It's only, that's what I'm saying. Jokes like that are only funny if you get it. Or something like that has happened to you. So for the vast majority of people, for that to be that funny, and then not be like, "Ugh, that's kind of gross," it has to be something that has happened. Why would? Well, my thing is, why would Tyler Perry even put that in there? There was no, there was no um, commentary about it. There was no, "Ugh, you nasty." We don't allow this in our family. Uh, some of one of the plots in the story was that the one of the girls was getting molested. But then, like, that, was other, that other part was supposed to be a joke. Like, why didn't anybody confront the guy? And why was that even a joke in your little lame bootleg movie? Because it's something that happens. And instead of us talking about it, because, like, we were talking about unpacking trauma, you would have to go back to all the times that a, a male relative was creepy with you and be like, damn, that nigga probably... <laughs> well not the n-word but did you have to go back and be like he that dude probably was a predator a predator and i mean yeah and that and i think for a lot of people that would be a very tough thing to have to to sit with right that the uncle that everyone in your family loved might have been rubbing you on your leg a little hard the last time he saw you when you were seven or eight 
and you didn't think anything of it because you're seven and eight years old and you're not thinking that him, uh, somebody that you trust putting their hand on your knee is creepy when he was enjoying that knee rub. That is a hot, we don't love our girls. We don't care for our girls. There's no, there's no way we do it. And I have, I wonder if the, the guy was, because I don't know, I don't have like any, any data or nothing to back it up, but I wonder if the the predator uncle if he was preying on boys would would there be a a more um a, a greater response outrage a greater negative response yep. there would be a greater negative question. response because people don't like to see what they deem to be homosexual well here's the thing i think that that is a, it's an outrage with anything right there is a yeah. A show that comes on, I think it's either Disney Channel or Nickelodeon, I can't remember which one, called Andy Mack. And one of the co-stars is a boy. And they have a storyline where he thinks that he likes another boy mm-hmm. in his class. And there was all this outrage from parents about it and how could they show that and why children don't know anything about that and blodgy, blodgy, blodgy and whoop-de-whoop. You know how they do. They yeah. get all in uproar about anything that they feel is is deviant, which it's not, but that's what they swear it is. Right. Um. So I think that's a very similar thing. Had it been him looking at a little boy and having him to do the same thing, then because think about it. I think they'd have been like, okay, well, everybody will laugh and been like, ha ha. You know, they laughed. It was funny because it was a girl because they always sexualize little girls. Yeah. But if it had been a boy, then the outrage wouldn't have been the sexualization. It'd have been like, well, why is he an old man praying on? Why is he trying to make that boy gay? It would have been right. him trying to make the child gay. It folks with a boy got it. it. And it would have been a gay, the gay, the Tyler Paris pushing the gay agenda. That would that would have been <laughs> the whole entire story. Like the joke would have been that the joke would have turned into something completely different. They would have boycotted all the pastors would have left, and they would have said, I, "We ain't buying Tyler Paris filth no more." Even though most of his his movies are filth, um, but you know, it would have been just, a hot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a hot ass mess, and unfortunately for. Our boys, it's in, it's, I feel like they slip through the cracks as well, too, because it's not to say that there aren't people in their families and there aren't people that are predators. They don't prey on boys. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it is people that they trust. A lot of times it are people that are in the communities. And I think, especially with our black boys, they are very susceptible because this is going to sound very horrible. So y'all forgive me. But a lot of them have absent fathers for mm-hmm. whatever reasons. And so they have these surrogate fathers in the forms of community leaders, of pastors, of other relatives. And that puts them in an extremely vulnerable situation where these people, they are trusting. And because they want that relationship, because they want that love, because they want that feeling of belonging, they are more likely to just stay quiet about it and try to deal with the trauma on their own and compartmentalize it instead of being like, yes, this person is touching me. And those are the ones that you see are very angry about their sexuality, mm-hmm. about the idea of being gay, about any of these things, because they've had to, to repress that instead of somebody helping them. Then it's laughed about or it's a joke or it's not taken serious. Oh, that is just so sad. <sighs> we don't... And it's unfortunate. Now, yeah, I think that yeah. they are just as susceptible to that type of thing. And I think that they are also I mean, they're hypersexualized in a very different way. Because then if you have men who are not interested in preying on women or having sex with a lot of women or whatever, then they are bullied about it or they're mm-hmm. called a sissy or whatever, you know, whatever the, the terms are. But they're called, you know, they're not considered manly or what a, a man should be because they, I guess, if you, for lack of a better term, seem to be nice, I guess. If they, we want to yeah. go back to that nice term. And then it's like, how does this all affect the woman? Like, these men, they've been taught this whole time to be max and to treat the women in any old kind of way. And then when they when they get married, they're all automatically supposed to be this perfect young gentleman. And when they have a daughter, they're automatically supposed to be like this loving father who knows how to take care of a, their wife and knows how to raise a young woman. Like, just like getting married is supposed to just go, like, set off a light bulb in their head. Like, now they're supposed to be good people. But they've been taught well, this whole time to be to be trash to women. And I don't think that them getting married in a lot of times fixes any of that. 
Nope. But what I find a lot of men say is that when they have daughters, narrative changes. Just like Jay-Z was saying on, you know, the 444 album or whatever, that he didn't, you know, it took him having a daughter to realize how crappy he was as a man in regards to his wife. Uh, and I think, I think that just goes to show that, like, men don't really care about women unless that it's something, like, that affects them specifically you know what i'm saying like men even like that just shows that you really didn't care about your wife at the end of the day and i don't know if it's not caring i just think it's they (sighs) they sexualize them they hyper sexualize them objectify them they uh put them in a position where the only thing that they're really used for is for back rubs body washes in the shower (laughs) um Companionship and emotional, companionship, emotional, yeah, things like that. Companionship, emotional labor, um, household duties, child rearing, which is, and that's fine. If you're cool with that, we're not saying there's anything wrong with doing those things for your partner. Mm -hmm. I think it's just very telling when their response is, I didn't realize how crappy I was towards women until I had a daughter and it's always mm-hmm. funny you see those dudes that are like oh I had a daughter because of how I used to be with women back in the day or because having a daughter is punishment for the way I used to behave or I'm gonna have to fight these dudes off with a stick or I don't want my daughter around dudes or to date dudes because I know how I used to be I used to be a boy Ugh. and that's where a lot of that comes from they know how boys are socialized they know what they were socialized they know what they were teased about doing and not doing and so they know how creepy and crappy boys can be but instead of them then having boys and teaching them to not be creepy and crappy they still let them do that and when they have daughters they're scared to death of sending their daughters out into the world that they created literally afraid because this is what we've created for them to live in you don't want your daughters around dudes because the dudes that she's with are like you. You're like, you see yourself in that guy. And that's why you don't want your daughter with them. That's why no man is ever good enough for their daughter because they know what men are because they used to be those people. They know how men are because they are still that There's, person. Yep. Yep. And that's the thing. It's like, okay, so now that you have a daughter now you're like, Oh, I want to protect my daughter. This day and together. But now that you have a daughter, are you, are you, um, when your homeboys are saying something crazy, are you are you checking them? When when they have sons and they're teaching their sons terrible things, are you telling? Are you checking them? When you see somebody uh cat calling the woman or harassing the woman, are you making sure you know the woman's okay and, and checking that guy? When you have a son, are you teaching him better, or are you just going to shelter your daughter until she can't be sheltered no more? Like, what does that accomplish? It doesn't accomplish anything. Instead of and that's what I said, you teach your kids to be better than you were. And I say kids. I don't say your daughters or your sons. You teach your children to respect people's autonomy, to have conversations with people about their space and their and their wants and their needs and to be a good person to everyone. Don't teach your kids to be crappy or less crappy to somebody based on gender. You teach your kids to be respectful of other people's boundaries, space and autonomy. And that solves a lot of problems, period. Yep. But teaching your children to go into the world and prey on people. <laughs> that's crazy. Like that that's it's crazy. You're teaching your kids to be predators, but then you're mad because we think you're all predators. Like what <laughs> Right. And get mad we say men are trash. Like, oh Lord. And I don't I mean another thing, but I don't want it to be like, oh, all men are terrible, because I will say this, I think, because I was talking to um someone else. Okay. And they pr- and they put out a valid point and they were like, but a lot of times in so much that we say those things, look how women are allowed to be predatory and nothing happens. Yep. Yep, it's true. And I think that dynamic is very interesting too because women are taught to repress sexually and not have sex and it'd be this taboo thing and then you have these women who then I guess internalize that and then it comes out as them being 25-year-old teachers preying on 14-year-old boys <laughs> trying to have sexual relations with, with children. That is terrible. I wanna, I wanna, so it manifests yeah, 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 it yeah. manifests that way as well. 
And what? So you think a lot of that is 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 because of um you know having to keep themselves and having to be you know um pure and prudish that that makes them go out and and seek out little boys. I think that's a part. I think it it plays a, a part in it because I think in the reverse, when you have men that are after young women, it's viewed as icky as well. But it's like, what about these dude makes? What about that dude makes him want young girls? And I'm not necessarily talking about it in the because I mean I think it's a very nuanced conversation, right? Because I think yeah. that there's somewhat of a difference between, like I said, a 25 year old teacher going after a teenager and a 25 year old teacher preying on an elementary school kid. That's like nine. Mm-hmm. Like that's very hard for us to reconcile. A lot of times we have a very hard problem with realizing that with, with looking at like the, the Mary Kay Letourneau's of the world. You're just like, that's just gross. Something's wrong with her. Right. Like you're a criminal, seriously, <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to the 14 year old, 15 year old, 16 year old student and a maybe fresh out of college teacher. But yeah, they're allowed to be predators because it's not seen as necessarily something that's bad, like Flawden was saying. Like, that was something that was cool. So, because of that, a lot of women are able to get away with that. I don't know what we would call it. Would we call that toxic femininity? Like, what what would that be? What would be a term for that? I mean, it all goes up on the patriarchy, but it's like. It's like a thing using, it's patriarchy. It's, it's, all, it's <laughs> patriarchy, but it's like using your femininity in order to get away with something. I think we call that the privilege. <laughs> a privilege so so is that think, is that feminine privilege is, there, is that such thing i i mean can if you have male privilege can you also have female privilege in some instances yeah i guess a little bit of it i mean i don't know but we, we don't have much i'm not gonna say we out here just being super privileged but i think it's the same <laughs> but i think this conversation is the way in which black men viewed the privilege conversation because mm-hmm. they view themselves as black first so it's very hard for them to reconcile the fact that they have male privilege but think, I think we just stumbled on to why they have a hard time. Interesting. <laughs> With the concept, I think this might be why. <laughs> just might be. We might, we might just did something here. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm no, no because what you calling them finna go up? now? we're not saying y'all right. Um, we, you know, they we stayed in how we stayed. They still gonna be mad, and they still not gonna get it. So never yeah. mind. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> never mind. They're not gonna, still still not gonna, gonna be a debate in the DM, you know. Um, but yeah, this was this was a very very good conversation. I enjoyed it. If we if we could, we could go on for about three more hours. But I I, I really enjoyed you, VJ, and I think we had a really good conversation coming from the the woman's perspective that a lot of people wanted to hear. A lot of the guys, I guess. And, they um, could have heard on several others, right? And we'll we'll put those links in the description as well. <laughs> yes, <laughs> y'all are missing out some good, some good, some good episodes on the backlog, gentlemen. That um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, yeah, check those out too. Um, but we want to thank you, VJ, for coming on again. And uh, can you share your your social media and your podcast with us one more time before you go? I can do that. So thank you guys for having me again. I appreciate yeah, it. It's always, a, yeah, no. always a privilege to, to, to talk with you. Cause I, I, like I said, I always tell people you guys are, are very smart, very funny. And I think that yeah. you, like I said, you guys are doing an amazing thing. And I always say that when I'm here, but I, I always 100% mean it. And I mean it more every time. And just the growth that you guys have had with the podcast and just the quality of the topics and um, making a lot of these very difficult concepts to navigate very easy for people to understand. It's just very, very dope. So just, oh. I just wanted to. <laughs> Thank you. Me Thank and Gabby always say like the same things. Oh. Like we literally, like, oh. like an old lady. <laughs> like, oh, and oh, thank you. And I'm like, oh, but yeah, We're that trash. was really sweet. Thank Almost you, BJ. So, <laughs> after that little love fest, yes, um, you can find me on Twitter. It is BJ underscore Burton. It is the same on IG, on Snapchat. It is M-I-Q-U-E-B. Please do not send me your penis. I cannot stress that enough. Mm-hmm. Please do not do it. Don't do it. Please don't do it. Um, the show is Chopping It Up with Q, with myself and Q and Kayla. Um, you can find the show's Twitter handle. It is at Chopping It Up. WQ. So you can always add us there. I'm going to start doing our Would You Rather Wednesday questions from the show's account instead of my regular one. So okay. if you're looking for them, that is where they will be. Okay. Well, yes, I enjoy those. Follow her and follow Chopping It Up with 
Um, and we're gonna have to do an episode. We're gonna bring you back. You know, we gotta bring you back every other month. We're gonna bring you back to talk about those unsolicited picks because I think that's that's a whole episode in itself. And we're gonna bring a dude on here to see why they even do that because I I'll never understand the that at all. But we'll talk about conversation later. starter. <laughs> <laughs> but oh yeah, God. um. Good stuff. Um, remember, if you want to listen to us, you can go to SoundCloud.com slash Talk It Out, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. We're trying to get on Spotify. Hopefully, Spotify will let us get on. Everybody else getting on. Um, and also listen to us at TIOPodcast.com slash episodes. You can hit us up on social media, Facebook at Talk It Out Podcast, Instagram at Talk It Out Podcast, and Twitter at Talk It Out underscore pod. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, we love you guys. Thank you for all the love and support. And we're out. This has been your girl, Gabby. And, and BJ. And this has <laughs> been Talk It Out. Talk It yeah. Out. Oh. <laughs>